Welcome to the Sports Backdrop, where we use sports as a backdrop for way bigger conversations. That includes discussing the latest trends and developments in the world of sports. I am your host, Eric Kazmop. This podcast exists because of the team at CASCM. At CASCM, we make content creation enjoyable. We are on a mission to help leaders create content, content that will improve lives, content to be proud of, content that fosters community. We know through firsthand experience how content brings people together, and we love helping make that happen. We produce podcasts, short-form videos, blog posts, and other written works, while also providing support in website development, social media management, and strategic planning. And we would be excited to help you. Visit cascm.com to learn more, or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. So Premier League, English football, like you're a fan, I take it? Well, I guess technically, according to my friends, I wouldn't be because I don't know when, like, in 1978, the players came out on pitch. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got friends who are fans and they could tell you, you know, whether everyone had socks on or not. You know, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. But in England, if you're not watching football, somehow, we watched the UNICEF World Eleven play England last night, which was a great match. Yeah. So, yeah. We love to watch. You're supporting of it. So I would like to figure out, you know, what were interests paralleled, and especially when we're far away from one another. But one thing that's very unique here, and you being in the States and spending some time, you're at Chapel Hill, so you saw college yeah. basketball, you saw March Madness. Oh, I was there when Dean Smith was running the place. Yeah. So, I mean, you understand it. And that's college sports. You go to the professional level, you know, Michael Jordan's there and they're winning championships. If they're not winning championships, like what happens to the team? What if they have a really yeah. bad season? In the UK, right? In England, they get relegated. In the US, we don't have that. Teams are actually tanking for the top picks. You know, one of the top players to ever come out, to ever enter the NBA draft, will be taken first overall by the San Antonio Spurs. But typically, if that was England, that would never have happened. I'm just curious as to when you came over here, when you watch it, because now sports are just global, so we can watch everyone else's sports. Yeah. Does it blow your mind that we don't have this relegation process here in the U.S., but over there? Because it's fascinating to me. Some of the best games of the season are those last games, like who's going down? Yeah, I think that a couple of things. One was this, the depth of sport in the U.K. means that we can have relegations, right? right? I mean, there were so many teams in so many divisions, whereas in the States, you kind of had like, one basketball conference or, you know, right. Western East. And then the same with the football, you had collegiate pro. But in England, we have pro, but like three leagues plus plus. Oh, yeah. And and you get some great championships where you have people that are amateur players playing against, you know, people making more money in a week than most people do in a lifetime. Right. So we've got that depth of sport. So I think it keeps it really competitive. And I think the other thing about America was just the amount of money, like in collegiate sport in England, people turn up to get the free beer afterwards. Right. You know, whereas in America, I remember people yeah. were on full scholarships. Sure. And it was, you know, really a layup, if you pardon the pun, to yeah. where you went for a pro, right? And in England, it's, you know, you get a job afterwards. Yeah. Or, you know, so. Yeah. On the whole, people that go to universities don't go into professional sport. In England, yeah. it's not the training ground right. for athletes yeah. where it is in the States. They're, yeah, interesting. Yeah, they're going to club. And I noticed as my son was being recruited and talking to different colleges and different coaches, one of the things he saw as a goalkeeper, he wasn't competing against 
other 18-year-olds in this country. He's competing against 23-year-olds from England, 25-year-olds from Germany. And that was fascinating. And what I heard was that a lot of those kids that like they grew up in the club system, right? Over, you know, playing for the Arsenal system. And once they hit a point where they're still obviously extremely good, they're extremely talented, but they're not going to keep going up. They had a place for them in the States. They had relationships with people in the States. They would send them to college over at UNC Wilmington at Virginia Tech. And they're 23 years old. Good luck competing against that, right? Because they're also looking for the international student athlete to come over from all these different places. Yeah, yeah. And in different sports, a friend of mine, his daughter actually went to Arizona in track and field. Yeah. And she got a full scholarship. And amazing enough, Eric, she did a year. And I was like, isn't that crazy? You know, a full year spade in Arizona. She got poached to go to another university yeah. the next year. Yeah. You know, it was, I was like, she's like, you know, 22 year old English girl who in England would be getting ready for finals in America. She was being fated mm. in the locker rooms by people with promises of even bigger, wow. you know. So, yeah, I think that was a great aspect of American college and society, though, is that the sense that you can make it from anywhere. Yeah. And I think that we lack that here, really. We have much more conventional channels. Yeah. So I think it's part of the joy of living in America. I lived there also in Boulder, Colorado, when I was 11 through 13. Yeah. And actually in South Carolina when I was uh, three years old. Wow. That kind of entrepreneurial can-do. Yeah. At all sectors of society in America is really kind of innovating, I think. Yeah. That's interesting. Those are different places. You know, Chapel Hill. We're in South Carolina. What town? In Charleston? Yeah, okay. My dad was there teaching. Yeah, so. good for you. That's where I went to college. So oh. yeah, yeah, we spend a lot of time there growing up. And I was like, wait a second, I'm from New York State, you know, Western New York. So I was like, you can go to school down here. Yeah, I'll be doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. entirely <laughs> yeah. beautiful part of the world. Yeah. yeah. I always think the Southeast states are not Florida, but Southeast, you know, right. sort of, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, I guess, really are kind of completely undervalued by people outside of America and even possibly inside. Yeah. Because, you know, parts of North Carolina, the Piedmont, and then down into Wilmington, just stunning, you know, but they don't kind of have a tourism vibe. It's changing. I don't know about the tourism vibe, but well, Charleston's changing. Charleston, if you'd go back there today, the issue they have is infrastructure because they run out of land right? So they have water, so there's nowhere to drive and there's huge bottleneck issues. So everyone's, especially even post-COVID, but even before this, you know, when I went to Charleston, they're like, where, why would you go there? And now everyone's vacationing and traveling and moving there. And yeah, a lot of people, Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte's significant growth, the Raleigh area, significant Mm. growth by the universities. And it is, it's a beautiful city. You go travel around the the country, around the world, and you come back to Charlotte, you're like, wow, it's hard to find bigger cities that look like this. And so I think a lot of people are taking notice, but you're not wrong in maybe being undervalued. It's just, it's happening now. It's getting a little crazy. I should have bought when I was there. Yeah. Yeah, And my wife, who's from Shanghai, she was in IBM. And then we used to go, you know, I didn't know her then, but uh, I used to have my partner, the girlfriend at the time, they used to live on that dam, you know, that nuclear water dam on the reservoir. Happy memories, Eric. Yeah. Asheville, some friends of mine used to live up in Asheville. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, so it's funny too, the other part of soccer, football, that's interesting here that I've talked to people from the UK is youth sports, the cost to play and to cost to participate. So we're getting into capitalism now. 
thousands of dollars at the very basic level, like soccer aside, you know, you move up one level above recreation soccer, it's couple thousand dollars. If you're playing high level, you're talking $10,000 plus travel. You mean to play? To play, or... to be a 14-year-old and playing soccer and where you talk to people in the UK, it's not a lot, right? If anything. Yeah. And they'll find you a team. Now, they own you to a point, right? You have to do certain things and follow their rules, but it's become very entrepreneurial. How interesting is that? Because um, some friends of mine who I knew from Singapore and they moved back to America. The wife is a, a Malay woman and they have a son who loves soccer and is very good. But yeah, they were raising money for him to play. And now you put that into context because I was like, well, when we were kids, I mean, you needed boots right. and some shin pads yep. and a number of other guys on the pitch, but that was about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of you got the ball. So yeah, it's interesting how commercial it's all become then. Yeah. It'll keep growing. I think there's a lot of opportunities. So in Charlotte, they got an MLS team here a couple of years ago. And the fascination, the business that's been built around that and the bar scene, just the amount of people it brings to a certain area, a lot of people have capitalized on it and for good reason. But yeah, yeah. the atmosphere is incredible. It really is. And, and this is MLS. So it, you know, and it's not a huge sport. I, I think it's been compared to maybe like the sixth division of English football right? But it's still quality. I mean, they're bringing people from all over the world. So the sport, I believe, has significant growth potential, even in America. And they have the World Cup coming here in a few years. So I'm fascinated by it. And anytime I yeah, talk to someone... Like, sounds like it. Uh, yeah. It sounds like you're really... <laughs> it's interesting. Well, you know, you're talking to someone who's from the UK, someone who's an entrepreneur, has been in many businesses. There's opportunity that exists in these platforms. I mean, you look at the NFL and you look at collegiate sports, businesses are built on the back end of those mega yes. it's like industry by itself. And the clubs, of course, become huge industries, yeah. you know, in themselves too, yeah. right? That's part of, well, part of the problem in the UK now is these clubs have got so leveraged with debt. Yeah, yeah. They're in danger, really, of being kind of bankrupt, really. So interesting time of the, yeah. you know, of the games in England. I think we're very lucky that we've got such amazing infrastructure as you say really that we've got young people and old and we've got a great depth of like college yeah but what we're not doing really that much is winning overseas yeah you know yeah so yeah i don't know what's going on with that <laughs> yeah that's always the big question so well fun if we attract in, in england we attract a huge number of europe continental europeans and africans yeah so our challenge is that the young guys and women although actually our women players are doing better than our men in cricket and tennis mm -hmm. and soccer. Yeah, so it, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. So you're going to be a soccer dad, and if you can get your son across here, then of course... That's then right. For, yeah, we'll come that, That's what they have to do, right? They have to come over and, and play a season over here. Yeah. Or France or something like that. It's incredible competition around the world. But at the same time, and you know, I keep bringing up this word entrepreneur, there's opportunities in all these things. And I've seen athletes become entrepreneurs because let's say they're a soccer goalie and they want to start a glove company or they want to start a yeah. podcast or yeah, they oh, want to sell sure. tickets. I mean, you, if you knew that Messi was going to come to the MLS and be at Inter Miami, all of a sudden you go look at, we have season tickets to the Charlotte team. The tickets typically you can sell in the secondary market anywhere from 50 for good seats, 50 bucks, 120 yeah. bucks, $2,000. Overnight. No way. Yeah. So it's like the, what you can build on the back end of any of these things is fascinating to me. So, Insane. 
Wow. I used to go to the Boulder, the Boulder football stadium yeah. with my friend Nathaniel. And we used to go and buy tickets from people that didn't want them at the gate, you know? Yeah. And resell them. Yeah, of course. True entrepreneur right there, right? right? Yeah, they got you. Now you're reminding Nathaniel. Yeah. He, Nathaniel Perlman. Wow. Now that takes me back. I, I hadn't thought of that memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like pulling on those things a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so I think you can do whatever it is you find the fascination with for anybody. Where before we started recording here, you were talking about a career is not a career anymore. Like what's pulling yeah. on you? What is interesting? What can you explore? Because I think once you go down that path, you learn all sorts of things by doing that thing. Like it might yes. have nothing to do with finance, but if you're running a business, you're going to learn finance pretty quick. And you might not have learned it in university, right? You might learn it on the streets and figuring it out as you go. Yeah, you know, exactly. No, exactly. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.